0: So who's going to do the pen live update? You do, doing that? That's a good question. Because I would like to hit Mother Teresa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As we all would.
2: The Profane Argument is a podcast for secularists, freethinkers, agnostics, and atheists. We discuss topics that we think are relevant to non-believers. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third Profane Argument podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen.
3: I'm Jared. Hello, this is Ian.
2: And today we're going to get right into it, and I'm going to ask everyone a few questions from a website that I stumbled upon that had a whole bunch of questions for atheists. This is actually a Christian website that has... I guess they want to, to know to understand why people believe what they believe or, or don't believe. So I thought I'd start off by asking a few of these questions. Do you think it is inconsistent for someone who lacks belief in God to work against God's existence by attempting to show that God doesn't exist?
3: So it's inconsistent with being an atheist or not having belief? Right. No, I would say uh, no. Not, ha-
2: not having belief.
3: Yeah, I would say no. There's nothing inconsistent or consistent about that. It's just, If you feel the need that you want to educate people, then knock yourself out. But if you don't, or you do, that's the great thing about being an atheist. You don't have to do anything.
1: So, uh, I'm having trouble not trying to read between the lines in all the questions. Sure. Like, the question starts off like a question. You're a jerk. You should know that God exists, and... Why would you try to tell – if, if you don't think he exists, why even worry about it? Is well, that, I guess that's that what, what they're, they're
3: trying to say, right, is the inconsistent part would be like if you don't believe, why do you even bother telling other people?
0: Ah, the, the, the other side of the argument is if you do believe, um, why don't you tell everybody about it?
3: Well, isn't there if something that they have to like save people, don't they? Or is it part of their religion or
0: <laughs> – A lot of them, yeah.
3: Converting people got to get some... – like why do they try to convert so many people? What is the reasoning behind that, other than money? Well, I (laughs) think that's
0: a
2: primary reason for a lot of it, but Mm. I think when when I was a member of the church, we we proselytized, we went out and and talked to people because we truly thought that anyone who didn't believe in Jesus was going to hell.
3: Okay, so then I guess it would seem inconsistent to them for us to, you know, kind of not undermine, but why waste your breath if you don't believe anyway? So I kind of see where they're coming from, but Ian is right, they are calling us assholes at the beginning of the question. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well the second i feel like the second sentence very directly says even though god exists did i mishear you the second part of the question is a declaration that god exists
3: is it read it again
2: do you think that it is inconsistent for someone who lacks belief in god to work against god's existence by attempting to show that god doesn't exist so i can see where you're going with that oh yeah. yeah. that yeah, one. to
1: work against God's existence implies that He exists, and you're actively working against that.
2: Yes, it's that sneaky middle and part. You, how there. could
1: you do that <laughs> if He exists? Like, you can't work against something's existence. Like,
2: you would have to think that the existence is there to work against it. It's like it's like the question: Why are you angry with God? You're an atheist. Why are you angry with God? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, or atheism's a religion itself.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious where – so as I read – I'm going to read these answers to this next question and pick – as I go through, try and pick which one fits the best. So the question is simple. What is your opinion of the Bible? A, the Bible is primarily fiction with occasional truths. B, the Bible was written by ignorant desert nomads. C, the Bible has been corrupted and cannot be trusted. D, the Bible is full of contradictions – and E, the New Testament was written hundreds of years after Jesus. I don't know what that uh, – the last one throws me. But any of those resonate with any um,
1: All of them except for D, which was the Desert Nomad one?
2: The Desert
0: Nomad was uh, B.
1: B. Okay, so not B and not the last one.
0: I think there were a, a significant number of Desert Nomads involved though.
1: I don't think um, they were think- ignorant. Clearly they could read and write and clearly they had vision to come up with some of the stories in there. So that's fantastic. Good on them. I mean, their <laughs> their grasp of, of prose is spectacular. But I think I'm, I don't. I, yeah, go ahead.
0: I think a lot of it is based on oral tradition, though. So it's you know it's a story being told from generation to generation. Sure. So that, that so it's been modified over the, over the you know the generations. So I think it, I would still think that that is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going with all the above.
1: Oh no, I don't. I definitely disagree with the last one because outside of the Bible I have no reason to believe anybody named Jesus has ever existed
0: well there's a lot of people other people in the Bible though that did exist it's not just sure. about Jesus so. sure
1: but the last question is specifically says was written after Jesus's existence and I was like I don't um, think Jesus had an existence good point the only documentation of his existence historically is the Bible true so I was
0: just I was just taking it as the you know the the turn of the AD, AD, you know adBC but Sure. If you're talking about the existence of an individual, I agree. I don't think he existed.
3: Sure. I right. But that's that. not what they're saying. They're under the assumption that you think that there was actually a person named Jesus, whether or not he was the son of God.
2: Yeah. I think hidden in these, hidden in these questions and answers is a whole lot of just subtle. Oh, by the way, Jesus did exist. Yeah. Oh, by the way, God does exist. It's <laughs> just an assumption that's in there.
3: And they hold fast to that one. Well, Jesus was really a person, though. But, their, but there is no evidence to that.
2: Right. there's, But, I mean, for the same uh, – my best argument is there's also really no evidence that Sophocles was a person. Like, there's no evidence except for a few things that were written about him. And I I believe that Sophocles existed. And I, I kind of believe that there was, you know, some prophet named Yeshua who this was all about originally, just because of the, the whole length that they went to, they being anyone who, the, the four Gospels that were written, the, the length that they went to, to get him born in Bethlehem, and yet from Nazareth, and this crazy story they came up with about a census, and if there was nobody, and you were just making up a story, why not just have him born in Bethlehem? Why not have Joseph and Mary from Bethlehem? Like why make up this ridiculous story about how he was actually from Nazareth? And I think that's the best evidence that there was an actual guy because they're, they're contriving this big story to make it make it seem plausible.
1: But I mean, that's that's the key to a good narrative is that your main, there's that your hero has a rich backstory.
2: Oh, this is true.
1: Like you don't want to just be like he was there the whole time. Just deal with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you got to write what you know.
1: Like Superman was from Earth. He got his powers from the sun. The end. <laughs>
2: Like I said, I think that was
0: the best evidence, and it is not evidence. It's just,
1: (laughs) it's yeah, I I agree. It's it's a strong theory.
0: So I think I guess it's possible because I mean, if he was just you know a simple guy, he would not have shown up in any other history books. But if he was lauded after he you know woke up from his coma or unzombified or whatever it was, um, then the the tales began and the the verbal the story went from person to person, and from that came the gospels. So sure, I'll I'll buy that.
2: Oh yeah, and my my argument that there there may have been a person that we could refer to as Jesus, that in no way validates any of the other stories. Mm. There were people who there were scholars in Jerusalem at the time that we have writings from. If there was this big uprising and the whole city went out with palm branches and laid them before his donkey and everything, you know, all these stories, even the simplest of stories like like him coming into Jerusalem, they would have written it down. They wrote it about other people. So, in any case, I'm not saying that the Jesus of the Bible existed. I'm just saying that there was probably someone. It seems likely. Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, just, just a guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, the next question was actually, what is your opinion of Jesus? Jesus never existed. Jesus existed but has, a fictionali- but has been fictionalized into a deity. Jesus was a great teacher like Buddha and Confucius. Or, I don't know if Jesus existed or not. So I think we already kinda of covered say, that. I, I
1: feel like I, I, I land on uh A. I could probably be swayed towards B with with some evidence, but I mean like, did Jesus exist? Was there possibly someone named Jesus? Did did, did at that time an uppity Jew come to Rome and get nailed to a cross? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All the other things? False.
2: Last question for for this session. What is your opinion of the concept of the God of the Bible? And again, I'll give you the answers. The God of the Bible is a moral monster. God is loving, is fiction and does not exist, is omnipresent, probably not going to select that one, <laughs> and is a construct of other God concepts. Ah, I like that last uh, one. B, Yeah, B and D? Uh, I think you went with omnipresent, so oh, sorry, B and, <laughs> no. b and E. <laughs> B, B and E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're selecting that the
1: fiction and construct
2: fiction. Yeah, that's actually C and E. Okay. Gotcha. C right. and E. But yeah, fic, uh, fiction and does not exist in con- a construct of other God concepts. I'm down with Jared? C and E. Jared? C and E. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, these questions are these, these questions are for atheists, right? Th- they
2: are. And not that you would think that being an atheist, they were, they're obviously questions for atheists written by someone who is a devout Christian.
3: Right, so are they hoping that, like, the atheist goes, oh, clearly it's B, God is good, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the person goes, C, you're not an atheist. You'd be like, oh my God, I can't, like, what, a- who's going to, anyway, yes, you know my answer. It's all bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, I think I would go with, with uh, Karen and Ian with the, the C and E answers, the uh, fiction and construct of other God concepts, but I'm also throwing A in there. God of the Bible is a moral monster. Oh, sure. <laughs> One of the worst written villains in all fiction, I think, is the quote that I'm going with.
3: Well, I think that was uh, one of the things I heard uh, Christopher Hitchens say one time that he wasn't just an atheist; he was an anti-theist. And mm. not only did he not believe in God, but he said that if God existed, it would be a horrible fucking thing. It's- exactly.
0: Well, yeah, you th- you think about uh, what uh, there's a so you're 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 very ill and you and you pray and nothing happens and you're not healed. So either God is not listening. He doesn't give a shit about you or he sees it and knows it and does nothing. So which would you like of your God?
2: So I don't know if you intentionally were leading into this or not, but over the weekend, I had a nice long conversation with my mother and I have to bring this up. She was telling me, we were talking about health concerns and she was telling me, well, you know, I know God answers prayer and here's how I know that God answers prayer. I was sitting in my chair and my hearing aid fell out. And I'm pretty sure it hit the floor, but I couldn't find it. So she got up out of her chair, was searching on the floor on her hands and knees. And if you knew her health history, you would understand that that is something she should not be doing. She has incredibly bad back. So, But she's on the floor searching for the the hearing aid for quite a while. And during this time, she's praying for God to show her where her hearing aid is. And after enough time on the floor that she couldn't take it anymore, she stood up because her back was hurting her so much. And when she stood up, the hearing aid fell out of a fold in her clothing. And so she said, well, she knows God answers prayer because the, the hearing aid, God let her know where the hearing aid was. <laughs> And the whole time, I was sitting there thinking, man, that god is a dick. Seriously, why
1: would he challenge you like that in the first place? He knows how sick you are.
2: Right. And the fact that he's like, well, I know you're asking, but I'm not going to let you know that it's in your shirt. I'm just going to let you crawl around on the floor a little while. Until so you give Maybe up. Maybe a little longer. <laughs> Holy crap. I, uh, it was, uh, I was biting my tongue the whole time.
3: What I love about that is that it only ever – prayer only works when it works for you. That's right. A, you know what I'm saying. Like, what about those times that it didn't work? Were you not praying well, hard enough? What was the stu- There's always a back door to everything.
0: And if and if he's you know answering your prayers, how about all of the you know starving children in in countries across the world that he's not answering their prayers? Are they not good enough? Or they didn't they didn't pray hard enough? I mean, he's awful selective on those that he helps. And why the hell is he so interested in football? That's what I want to know.
3: Mysterious ways. That's, <laughs> <Football's> that's the- <laughs> awesome. That's I can't I can't help you there. <laughs> Omnipresent <laughs> immortal beings need a distraction. God God works in mysterious ways is akin to the law uh disturbing mm-hmm. the peace. It's a catch-all. Wow, all. I don't think Catches
2: I've ever everything. heard that association. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jared gets arrested a lot. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I point everything to the laws. <laughs> Alright, on to the news stories. So I'm gonna start off with an update. I believe last time we talked about the Catholic Church, especially in the diocese, the Johnstown Altoona Diocese, which, as it turns out, actually covers our town as well, and towns to the north of us. So this really kind of hits home, except I have no idea who any of these priests are, because I couldn't care less. But, as it turns out, three local priests have been named, and they announced charges against three local priests... Who have actually been at, at least for part of their time, the church, the local Catholic church here in town. Like, I don't know, mile away? Two miles away? Wow. Two miles. Yeah. Wow. So, fantastic. But, at least, they've announced charges against these three. Right. I, I'm gonna butcher charges? the names, but. Yes, Criminal that's what they charges? say. Actual charges. Criminal wow. charges. Criminal charges. Attorney General Kathleen Kane has announced charges against Giles Chinelli, 73, Robert Diversa, 69, and Anthony Criscatelli, 61. Hopefully I pronounced those names correctly. They are all members of the Franciscan Friars. Okay. So there you go. Wow. We're actually going to possibly get some people.
1: Yeah, that's, uh... I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Now, these three... I don't know. I don't, I don't think these three were actually charged with child sexual abuse they are being charged because one of the priests named baker they all three knew that he was a child predator and they continued to put him in positions where he had access to children
1: oh okay well still you know it, that's uh, it's not perfect but i feel like getting al capone on tax evasion
0: yeah like criminal i'll conspiracy, settle for,
1: for
3: whatever charges they're willing to lobby
0: yeah sure criminal conspiracy and child endangerment
3: I said someone's being held accountable for something at least Right. Especially after what you told us last time about how things work there with the sheriff and the police and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, they they work to appoint the sheriff. And then when the sheriff got got word of anything, they went to the the priest to decide how they were going to handle it. I mean, that's just it's insane.
0: Yeah. The the thing about the story that uh, got to me was uh, I'll read from the news articles during the press conference. One lone victim's advocate stood outside in the rain with his homemade placard. Robert Hodson, a former priest turned advocate who has worked with some of the Baker's victims, was overjoyed to hear that Cain had brought down criminal charges against the three friars. So this is the only guy that was there who was
1: – Supporting on the side of justice?
0: Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All the parents of all the children, all the Catholics in the town, why the hell weren't they there?
2: Yeah, we actually have a friend that we just ate lunch with today who is who wants to go get a picket sign and picket the local Catholic church, mm. <laughs> like and and you know why are you why are you taking your children here why what are you thinking why are you still subscribing to this Ugh. I don't know I might have to join <laughs> sounds like fun
3: <laughs> I don't know how you get around that thinking but I think we talked about this last time too though about people t- taking their kids there after that like just what is that leap like. Blind faith, like okay,
1: super blind faith. That's don't even scary. like. Do they
3: not even think about it? Like, pr- like secretly, like maybe they don't want to announce it, but do they sit at home with like their spouse and be like, Jesus,
2: is just it- like the car accident thing? Yeah, it can't happen to me. Kind of mentality. I don't know.
3: Yeah, but like, then it, who- it doesn't
0: make sense to me. And then
3: after that, like, like who says to their kid, "All right, now you're going to be an altar boy in this yeah. same church."
0: <laughs> yeah. How do you do that when you even if you don't think that the priest that's you know proselytizing to you every day? How do you not? Think about it and consider it and wor- worry about it.
3: Well, I'm curious if after these things happen that it gets brought up on Sundays by, you know, who's ever holding the ceremony, whatever they do there, their <laughs> altar <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> like, do they spin it
3: in a way that, like... So that these people feel better about it? Like, are they spinning it like, this is not true, or this is an attack on us, you know, don't believe what you hear in the news, keep sending your little boys here, you know, how do they, or do they just keep their mouth shut too? Does everybody just keep their mouth shut and their eyes closed and just move straight up forward? I gotta to think that
2: it, it, that it would be addressed as like a, you know, we know there, that this is trying times and we all have to band together kind of thing. I, I don't know. I, I certainly have not. The Quakers haven't had this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you tell people to keep them coming into that that building every every week.
3: You know what? I'm going to go to church in the next couple of weeks. I just want to see what's going on. I haven't been to one in years.
0: A Catholic to- one?
3: <laughs> yep. I'll come back well. next week and be like, guys, I can't do this podcast anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't think that's true. But yeah, good on Robert Hudson. Yeah. Former priest who turned advocate for these victims. That guy is... uh that's the guy who you should be emulating not yeah. these priests right
1: and good on Kathleen Kane get it get embroiled in a little bit of scandal and all of a sudden you start doing your job extra hard
2: yeah
0: <laughs> I guess that's true okay no yeah she's got all kinds of controversy at the moment holy crap <laughs> all right
2: well since we're on Catholics Karen I think you have something else?
0: <laughs> I do so today in the news Mother Teresa it was announced is being uh, sainted she has beatified I think is the the term already which is kind of you know phase one sainthood. Uh, And in September, she will be officially made a saint because they found a second miracle attributed to her. Now, I don't know what you guys know about uh, Mother Teresa, but she's not that good of a person, really, turns out. Not that good is an
3: understatement.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the history that I always heard was that, you know, she was a great humanitarian. She took care of the poor. She fed the weak um, in India and you started this great Catholic organization, but that's not really true. That's not what she does. She collected a whole bunch of money, it's true, but uh, estimated that five to seven percent of it went to her houses of the dying. These are not houses of healing. They're not houses of charity. They're houses of the dying. And she, uh, is a quote from Christopher Hitchens, who, uh, read part of one of his books about her. She said that suffering was a gift from God. She spent her life opposing the only known cure for poverty, which is the empowerment of women and emancipation of them from a livestock version of compulsory reproduction. She spent a lot of her money opposing contraception, abortion, etc. And that is what her thing was, more people to suffer and die. And her belief that suffering was a gift from God was so strong that she didn't believe in pain relievers in the houses of the dying. It was a gift from God that you suffer, so therefore, no pain relief for you. You should just die, hungry and in pain.
1: Ugh. I was gonna say she sounds right. like kind of a turd. How did how did she have such good PR people?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was it was good PR people. I I don't know. I mean, if you there is a video online actually, I'll, I'll link it in. That is Christopher talking about the the misconception around Mother Teresa. And if you have the time, I highly recommend it. It It is truly amazing. I don't understand where... I mean, it had to be just all PR. Like yes. I don't understand... Where <laughs> oh, it's all smoking
3: beers. Yeah, they got a token person. It could have been anybody else, but they got her early, and she ran with it. And that was pretty much it. I saw this on... Penn & Teller did a bit on her. About mm-hmm. how awful yeah. she was. That's how I've known about this for, geez, for 10 years now, probably. And I think Christopher Hitchens was in that episode, but what a scumbag Mother Teresa was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. <laughs>
2: Well, it's amazing, the misconception, I don't understand how, I mean, how exactly did that happen? Was it the Catholic Church that did that? Or yeah. was it some, you know, like a news organization that decided that yeah, they were yeah. going no, it's to good, promote her? It's
1: good PR and it's it's proper branding. It's what you're in the middle of right now as a citizen in the United States. She's the Trump of saints. Oh. <laughs> she's a, she's an absolute fraud But everybody is just willing to just drink that Kool-Aid And no matter how much, you know, effort is put into disproving that People's minds are already made up And once your mind is already made up People are Because in order to You have to admit that you were mistaken In order to accept change And no, there's no I was never wrong She's perfect You
3: are the liar, Karen Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> weakness <laughs> Admit you're wrong? That's like saying you're sorry. We don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just it makes my skin crawl thinking about it and and you know the, the horrible things that she did as a person and they they're uh, lauding her as a wonderful person.
3: <laughs> do they have listed what her miracles were? I'd love <laughs> to know the two miracles that she performed.
0: There were two miracles, but they're they're not things that she went and did. They're things that happened to people when they prayed to her. So
3: Oh, oh. that's a good way around it
0: yeah father prayed i forget what it was father prayed for a child i think and prayed specifically to mother Teresa. and the child was saved by the doctor
2: <laughs> oh, the houses of the dying is, is an incredible talking about make your skin crawl it, it's amazingly bad i mean mm-hmm. th- there are things that happen in game of thrones that are mild
1: <laughs> compared <laughs> to what dying.
2: actually happened these houses. very <laughs> that's an awesome knew- miracle no.
0: And it's not like this is not hidden. You can search you know, Houses of the Dying on YouTube and you'll find videos of this place that still exists. And it's a horrible, yeah. horrible place.
2: Yeah, people go there as a last resort. And as it turns out, they basically put you in a flat cot that has no padding, don't give you any medication or painkiller, and just you just die there. And you're not allowed to see your family or friends. They're not allowed in. It is, I mean, it's truly horrendous.
0: The only advantage to being in that place is you're not on the street, because most of these people are actually don't have homes. They're people that live on the streets. So they have a roof over their heads, but that's all she's giving them.
3: And she lived pretty nicely from what I understood, right? She didn't not like extravagant like Trump, but she wasn't (laughs) not what everybody thinks.
0: No, as soon as she was ill, she went to the best doctors and, you know, she got the best care, but she didn't give that to the poor like Anne <laughs> Rand going on <laughs> So Medicare. pulling the
1: wool over everybody's <laughs> eyes was in fact the second miracle which yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which letter it, it was either that or a modified version of the
3: Penn and Teller bullet catching trick
0: There you go.
3: I mean she primarily worked at a third world countries as it was, right? So like who's going to call her on her shit? Back then. And even then, if you were to come out like when she was alive and be like, Mother Teresa is an awful person. People would be like, no, Mother Teresa is synonymous with goodness. Don't you you know this? That's how you do it. That person's being good. She's like Mother Teresa. Get it? Mm-hmm. End of fucking story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Christopher Hitchens did come out against her when she was still alive. But. Oh, yeah. He wrote
2: uh, he wrote the missionary position, which is his title of the book against Mother Teresa. Oh, wow. In 1995. Mm-hmm. Good for him. And he was actually, I was just reading a little bit, he was actually the only person that gave evidence against Mother Teresa's, Mother Teresa's beatification and canonization process. So, because the Vatican actually has abolished the devil's advocate role, which was actually, if, if somebody was going to be declared a saint, there was always a devil's advocate. That's where that term came from. The person would represent the devil and give arguments as to why this person should not become a saint.
3: No shit! That's where that term came from? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. See, I learned something Mm today.
2: (laughs) But she was more concerned with having the poor suffer like Jesus did Mm -hmm. than actually helping the poor. She was, as Hitchens again said, she was a friend of poverty, not the poor.
0: Also, the other piece of it, too, that I wanted to kind of come back to is her opposition to abortion and contraception. I get, mm-hmm. I get the I get the opposition to abortion. I you, you can have that opinion. I don't know how, I'm not going to argue with that. But contraception, I, I, in general, she had a problem with any form of it. So family planning was not an option for all these horribly poor people. And biologically, they do what comes naturally to them. So they have a whole raft of children that they can't feed. How is that good for anybody? And not only
2: that, but she she would give these speeches in countries that were just horrendously afflicted with AIDS. Mm. So you're not allowed to use condoms, according to, you know, what she's preaching. The fact that AIDS is rampant and you're telling these people that they'll go to hell if they use a condom.
0: Right. What was it? The, the, I forget which Republican it was, but he said, well, just put an aspirin between your knees. That was, you know, his method of <laughs> contraception.
3: <laughs> Sounds like a nuke Gingrich thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think it was Newt, but yeah, it certainly could have been. Yeah, because that's realistic. <laughs> Sorry.
3: God's love through suffering, or wh- wh- how is that said? What was that? The re- the reason why she wanted them suffer. Suffering
0: was a gift from God.
3: Okay, suffering is a gift. That's different from faith healing, right? Faith healing is like you're actually like, I don't need to go to a doctor because God will fix this. Not right. you need to suffer. <laughs> okay, so it's two different yeah. things.
0: Yeah, the suffering is a gift from God. Is emulating the suffering that um, Jesus did on the on the cross. Is mm. my understanding.
3: And these people were hopeless cases, like there was no, well, I mean, for wherever, where they were, I'm sure in America we could have fixed a lot of their problems, but.
2: Yeah. Exactly. They were not, if the money that she had collected had actually gone to supporting getting cures to people, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of them could have been helped. That's the, the really sad part. She got millions and millions of dollars and gave it all to, uh, to the Holy See, to the Vatican Church.
0: And oh, she put people it. Yeah, <laughs> and she put people in one big room, so the people with tuberculosis were next to the people with leprosy, etc., etc. So it makes a nice, you know, melting pot of disease and yeah. corruption. Yeah. So now we know what it takes to be a saint.
2: Yep,
3: <laughs> be a complete and utter asshole. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, something a little a little lighter. Mm-hmm. Jared, you want to you want to tell us about another devout Christian?
3: Yes, this is a, a very quick story. I'll even read it. Word for word, because the actual article is that short, and I will obviously butcher the names in it. A man named Alec Ndwane, who has been described as a prophet in African media, was on safari at the Kruger National Park in South Africa when he confronted the Lion Pride. Do you see where this is going? <laughs> Determined proof
1: stuff always goes down at Kruger and it's always exciting
3: <laughs> determined to prove to the fellow tourists that God would save him alec is said to have gone into a trance and started speaking in tongues before opening his car door and charging at the lions <laughs> <laughs> Just moments before reaching the pride, Alec came to his senses and turned around, (laughs) sprinting back towards the safety of the safari van. But the lions were quick off the mark and bit him viciously on the backside as he clambered into the vehicle. The warden managed to scare off the big cats by firing a couple shots in the air, to which Alec said, I do not know what came over me. I thought the Lord wanted (laughs) to use me to show his power over animals. Is it not we were given dominion over all creatures of the earth? (laughs) <laughs> uh, he required some stitches. He's still alive. But I had read this story, and I said, why does this not happen more every day? <laughs> why does this stuff not happen every day? I mean, say what you will about the world ending and 2012 prophecies and all these things that never come true. But, why? yeah, what, I mean, well, I guess you got the people handling the snakes, right? This falls in, in line with that. Sure,
2: yeah. well, But this, they get speaking, but at in the times, same time. Don't don't these people remember what happened to a lot of the Christians in the Roman cathedrals?
3: <laughs>
2: oh I yeah, think it was lions.
3: lions. <laughs> oh, I didn't even thought of that.
2: They were fed to the lions. No, everyone remembers Daniel in the lions den and how he wasn't eaten. That was one guy. <laughs> Most of the time, that I just love
3: I love his shock at the end where he's like, "Were we not given dominion
2: over these animals? What is going on here?" <laughs> I My I God, why have you forsaken me?
1: I have a hard time <laughs> believing that that story didn't begin with Alec handing the other guy his beer and saying, hey, watch this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't speaking in tongues. He was just actually trying to talk. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go rush that pride of Lions. I'll show them what's what I have dominion over them.
3: <laughs> like, and again, this does go back to what we were talking about, like how when you find out, like, Priests are touching kids. You go back to that churches. How do you, like, be down in one of those Southern Baptist snake handling Mm. cults down there? And as soon as one of those guys gets bit and dies, you don't put up your hands and go, I'm out. (laughs) This obviously
0: doesn't work. My turn? Oh, no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, i definitely reading a a couple years ago about a guy who did it. He had been doing it for years, and he finally got bit in the face, and he died. And then his son took over and got bit a year later and died or was wounded or something like that. And yet these people still keep coming. Are just, they're just they, – that's just God testing their faith. They've just got to believe harder. Ugh, you can't win. There's nothing you can do, right? Right. Well, I think I did read somewhere – and I, maybe Adam actually brought this up to me on, on our show – that when you present somebody with information contradictory to what they believe, it makes them believe harder in what they believe. So why do I even bother talking to people about Trump? There's nothing I can do, right? They're just going <laughs> to believe harder.
0: Yes. In a lot of cases, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think if, if you can wedge your foot in the door and give them a little bit of common sense and a little bit of knowledge and let them go figure it out on their own, trying to convince them right then and there is probably not going to happen. But if you give them little nuggets of knowledge, sometimes you can turn them.
3: So you got to get bit so by the, the snake and survive.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <Right. laughs> so you're in the, the plant the seed mode you can just plant the little seed of logic and hope it. It takes root. (laughs) Yes. yes. Sometime later, they go, hey.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, if you let people come to decisions on their own, they're much more likely to stick with it because of the same reason they got to the crazy decision in the first place. I have a question about this, though. I I don't understand speaking in tongues. What is speaking in tongues? Does anybody know?
3: I believe it's uh, you're overcome or you're possessed by – some kind of holy spirit or something and you start speaking in some language that is uh it's a dead language that nobody knows I mean it's gibberish we all know that right when have you ever sure. seen anybody do I mean it's hilarious have yeah, it.
2: actually I've actually seen it happen in person um, You're it's kidding. not something no <laughs> uh, so it's not something that normally happens at a Quaker church however at a Quaker church it is perfectly reasonable for everyone anyone to in the gathering to get up and speak. So normally there's a sermon and obviously you don't interrupt him, but sometimes you even do that. Like if you feel that you have something to say, you can just stand up and they'll recognize you and you can talk. So this has, I I have seen, I saw it twice where somebody stood up and just started uttering nonsense. I mean, (laughs) like you said, complete gibberish. It's not even language. They're just, they're just throwing out nonsense syllables. Yeah. Yeah. And when I asked my mother about that, she, her reaction, you know, I was a kid. Her reaction was, well, some people think that that's the Holy Spirit overcoming them and that someone there in the church will be able to interpret what the person is saying. Huh. And you, I immediately knew, all right, not even my mother believes this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm out because that was weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> Dude, that must have been scary as a kid. Yeah, it really was. I don't know how how old I was, but yeah, at the time I was like looking around at everybody, like, "What is going on? Does he need meds?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was it somebody that you knew? Well, I mean, knew from the church, yeah. So that must have been very strange. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing if it's some you know random Alec Dwin. Over in Africa, but it's if it's your neighbor, that's something different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I never, I, I have to say that I never looked at the person the same way again. You know, I always thought you're crazy. Yeah. That was <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not turning my back on you.
1: Seriously. I'm never staying over it johnny's house again <laughs> his dad is weird
0: so you didn't mention you, you, you mentioned most of the article but you didn't uh read off the last paragraph which i find absolutely hilarious no or whatever his name is required stitches after suffering what was described as major damage to his toilet sitting tool
3: <laughs> oh yes i'm sorry
0: <laughs> His t- why toilet t- you, t-tool? T-tool. why <laughs> would you
1: call it that <laughs> like i like that so little i'm never going to use that <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: You couldn't even... I mean, at the beginning, they said buttocks. They said back end. Right. Toilet sitting tool?
1: Seriously, that's... that's in some quotes. bad. That's some bad... <laughs> oh, in quotes. So he said it? Someone said it. Now, as long as someone said it, then I'm less angry.
3: Yeah. Otherwise, the, that the was shady is, journalism. Major damage to his toilet sitting tool. Yep. <laughs> there's no LOL. What? There's no smiley face, so... <laughs> <laughs> and that's my story.
2: Thanks. Ian... We're on yes. to you.
1: All right. So,
2: you have something about the, uh, yes, court? very
1: recently, about a little over a week ago, the Supreme Court, even, even in its current state, <laughs> was able to, uh, to get some things done. So, once upon a time in Georgia, two lesbian life partners adopted a child. They could never marry, yada, yada, yada. They fell out of love and have since split up. So, the one of the, the women, move with her child, moves to Alabama. And Alabama says, I'm sorry, you're a lesbian. That makes your adoption invalid. That is our child now. Oof. (laughs) So, of course, the mother takes this to court, and Alabama says, nope, we cannot tolerate that. Specifically, the Georgia court had no authority under Georgia law to award such an adoption, which is therefore void and not entitled to full faith and credit. So, Wow. She fights this all the way to the Supreme Court, and like I said, even down a man, the Supreme Court said, that is ridiculous. You absolutely cannot disregard a sister state's ruling just because you disagree <laughs> with the person's lifestyle. Please undo that immediately. So uh, they have since had their decision reversed, and the child is back with her mother.
3: Did they mention how long the child was away from the mother?
1: Uh, they didn't. But I bet if I looked up a second article, I could probably find you more information on that.
2: So, so I'm just well, while while we're looking at that, I'm I'm curious: was this an actual ruling by the eight justices, or was this a thing where it came down to a tie and it had to be you know decided it, that it went back to the to the state as as the ruling decision?
0: It was unanimously reversed. It was unanimously reversed. Yes. yes. Because it was not – it was more of an issue of for, – for them, I think, it was more of an issue of, of state – one state cannot overrule the ruling of another state. It right. was not about the legitimacy of same-sex adoption. It was about – you just can't not follow your neighboring state's law. That's ridiculous.
2: Interesting. I bet that really had to – the people <laughs> who were against, uh, you know, gay marriage to begin with, I, I bet that has to uh, – Chafe them a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, serious, and I mean that—that's really why I brought this here. I I feel like you know, at at the core of any gay rights issue, stems from the fact that the Bible says we have to hate the gays, so we do.
0: I find it interesting that one court found, um, you know, the the court in Georgia found that the refusal to recognize the same-sex adoption was more important than the you know obeying your neighbor state's laws. Supreme Supreme Court actually had to come in and say, you know, what are you doing? That's that's completely wrong. So, yeah. religion trumped law, and then law trumped religion. Go Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, so, uh, good on the justices.
0: Yeah. For once. Bad on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, 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 no, they, yeah, they, they came through occasionally. They're not, they're not bad.
0: I'm wondering how many cases you know, across the nation are actually ruled uh, church over state instead of state over church.
3: Well, I've learned in the past few. couple of months that states love to take away your kids for shit that's not even has to do with religion. If it's some way to punish you, like I read a similar story of a guy who lived in Kentucky or Kansas, one of those K flyover states. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Iraq or Afghanistan, one of those wars, and he had PTSD and he had something else. He might have had an actual physical wound. And he went through extensive therapies and nothing was working. And the only thing that seemed to help him out was smoking a little marijuana. Mm. And they didn't have or they threw away the medical marijuana thing in that state that he was living in. So he said, you know what? Fuck this state. I'm moving to Colorado and started to pack up his things. And that's when the state walked in and said, oh, you're leaving to go smoke weed. We're taking your kids. And now they have his kids and he's fighting to
0: get them back. Wow. So, Yeah. yeah.
3: There might be an update on this story. I I read it like a month ago, but at the time he was like, I can't even believe. He's like, so they're either forcing me to stay here and be in pain or I can't leave and they're going to keep my kids, which I don't even know how that works. Like he hasn't committed a crime yet, but he's planning on it. (laughs) So but they, Uh I think they did something like you're going to endanger these children by doing drugs around them. So we're going to keep them.
0: So moving to Colorado endangers your children? That's what they're saying? <laughs> if you're going to do awful marijuana
3: around them, Karen, yes.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, how did they find out that that's why he was moving to Colorado? That's I don't know. Well, he was maybe, prob-
3: maybe he talked to, like, VA affairs. He's like, I'm going to Colorado, so hook me up with some medical weed while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't wow. know. Like yeah. I said, I didn't there I haven't checked to see if there was an update on that, so it might have changed. He might maybe he has his kids back. I hope he does.
2: Yeah, I hope he does too. So, on the medical marijuana thing, I do have to mention that Pennsylvania is a, I think it's Wednesday. Mm. They're supposed to be voting to legalize medical marijuana. Yeah. Within the uh, it says the lawmakers. That's that's nice. I don't know if it's at the the Pennsylvania State House of Representatives or I don't know where it's at currently, but and it it seems like it's likely to pass, so that yep. is uh
1: Yeah. Thank goodness. My news. glaucoma is killing me. Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I can get something for my panic attacks now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make me more panicky, so I won't be getting that,
0: but <laughs> we do have a friend who has glaucoma and um that was my first thought. I'm like, damn, it's a good time to have glaucoma. Oh wait, that's never a good time to have glaucoma. <laughs> good for Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, are you ready to bring us home, Ray?
2: Yeah, I think so. So one final thing. I have, and this I'm going to kind of pose as a question. It's a news story, but what we have is a state Supreme Court appointed judge in the lovely state of Wisconsin. (sighs) Oh. Appointed by, you guessed it.
1: My arch nemesis,
2: Scott Walker? Scott Walker. He has a he appointed previously sometime over the winter, I don't have the date in front of me, but lady by the name of Rebecca Bradley, who has been serving in the state Supreme Court since. She is coming up for a vote here next month in April. And a f- couple weeks ago that, some articles that she wrote for her college paper have come into public sphere. And I want to read you some of what she said. So this is her reaction after Clinton was elected into office in 1992. So this was a long time ago. She was in college, but here's what she wrote. She says, we have now elected a tree hugging, baby killing, pot smoking, flag burning, queer loving, bull spouting 60s, radical socialist adulterer to the highest office in our nation.
3: Donald Trump, I mean <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. uh, she went on to to describe either you condone drug use, homosexuality aids producing sex adultery and murder and are therefore a bad person or you don't know that Clinton supports abortion on demand and socialism, which means you're dumb. And she says that uh, we, we were we're better off contracting AIDS than developing cancer because those afflicted with the politically correct disease will be getting all of the funding. How sad the lives of degenerate drug addicts and queers are valued more than innocent victims of more prevalent ailments. So, She's currently a member of the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. And this was in 1992. So my question to everyone is, should these should these things be held against her in the election? Should we should they be considered? In the they genre? should
3: definitely be considered. I don't know. You'd also have to look at her record since then, what she, right. you know, how she's voted.
1: Yeah, that just opens up a whole big can of worms. If you're going to hold me accountable for everything I thought and said in <laughs> 1992, oh, man, the shame I'm feeling already.
2: Yeah, but I don't think you said these things. I mean... <laughs> no,
1: uh, no. maybe. Probably not. I'd have to go Should back I and have... listen to each of the things that you said. I generally don't go for the term
3: queers. <laughs> right. But, but back in the 90s, that was... <laughs> Right, totally reasonable.
2: She also said, I will certainly characterize whomever transferred their infected blood, a homosexual or drug-addicted degenerate and a murderer.
3: Now, she said this t- in college?
2: In college. To, this was to a who?
3: College newspaper
1: article that she wrote?
2: Correct. Mm. It was an article that was publicized in
0: the college
2: paper.
3: I don't think she can held to be accountable for it, but it's something you should definitely look at. <laughs> You know, keep an eye on it.
0: Well, I mean, the question is, can people change that much?
3: Exactly. You know, maybe she softened a little bit, but she's like, okay, I don't say queers anymore. I say homosexuals.
0: (laughs) So her apology,
2: I'll read this verbatim here. To those offended by my comments I made as a young college student, I apologize and assure you that those comments are not reflective of my worldview. So is that an adequate response to what she had said? To me, it seems like she should say more about, you know, I don't really think that about homosexuals anymore or my thoughts have changed. She didn't even say that her thoughts have changed. She said, I apologize and that those comments don't reflect her worldview.
0: So w- w- what she needs to follow up with, what is her current worldview? Yeah. that's Because that's what's important is, you know, how she's going to rule and what she thinks now.
2: I'll tell you what her worldview is. She was appointed by Scott Walker. Yeah, that's a strong. Right. Right I was going to say that
1: that should be enough in my book. No, <laughs> I still I don't think college antics should reflect too harshly on where she stands as an adult.
3: It's over I, twenty years ago, yeah. right? And she was a, basically still a kid.
1: Yeah, you got to you've got to be loud and edgy when you're in college,
3: but. I have to say, is it any wonder that Stephen Avery is still in jail with someone like this in the Wisconsin Supreme Court?
0: Yeah, unforgiving type that says things like that. So, yeah, yeah, how much has she actually changed? Right,
1: I think I think you could definitely use it as you know you could gauge how where how how she's probably developed her her opinions of you know those things are probably not quite as extreme. But yeah, if you want to draw the conclusion that she still probably thinks most of those things. She probably does.
2: She probably does. So one of mm. her one of her assistants said that bringing the, the this article up was a blatant mudslinging campaign to distract people from the actual issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that's true? No. No.
0: No. Well. No. <laughs> no. no. She well, published something in a newspaper. It's fair game. Well, this is actually a good
3: question, though. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, Ian, I mean, and, I'll, and I agree with Ian. When you're in college, you say dumb shit just to say dumb shit all the time, <laughs> mm. but. How much do you think you've changed in 20 years as far as your beliefs in anything? Uh, Have you done a relative? Have you done a 180 on anything? No. Uh, On lots of things, sure. You've done 180s on a lot of things?
1: Not a lot, but I've done 180s, but not on like, like my whole who I am has not been totally restructured, but everything has changed and adapted as I gained new information, had new life experiences. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, 1992, I'm, I would have to say that I still had a lingering belief in God. So I changed <laughs> my thoughts on some ways quite a bit. But that, I mean, that's a, to me, it's a little different because in that case, I'm looking at fact. So I'm not just making an, a, 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 uh, an opinion about queers. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I, I'm I don't saying, know. I mean, back in 92, I could have uh, legitimately empathized with some of the things that she said in her paper. Really, back in ni- uh, my God, back in '92, the concept that research and funding were being routed away theoretically from diseases like cancer, which people got through no fault of their own, and given to AIDS research, which people contract because of the lifestyle choices that they make, I was like, yeah, I agree with that, hundred percent. Yeah, but AIDS turns is out imp- I was completely wrong, but I did agree with that at the time.
3: Oh well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say. In 20 years, I still feel down in my core, I haven't changed. I mean, obviously, you know, little things have changed. You know, like, I like mustard on a hot dog, you know, or you know, <laughs> things like that. But, like, the big stuff? No, I feel like I'm the same person. I'm, I'm shocked that you were would have been so upset about that back then. I don't think I really knew you that well back then.
1: <laughs> I was a little kid. I My eyes were being opened to all these new things, and I was like, oh, I had, didn't hear this side before. I'm interested in learning this. You know, I knew less about religion back then. My concept... Oh my God, my concepts on marriage and children and parenthood were 100% different. Total 180. <laughs> like they couldn't have been further from where they are today. You know, there are other things that have stayed intact. My, my political views, while I'm more moderate these days, they, they have stayed pretty consistently liberal, you know, over the last 20 years. Uh, you know, and then the opposite of you, like the small things, most of those have stayed the same. My love of video games hasn't changed. My comedic interests are still pretty much the same. I still like mustard. that's about it you know so so yeah i I don't really i'm not going to hold her feet to the fire for being a little bit radical in college
2: sure so i think i think we we've reached a consensus there we've uh you shouldn't necessarily just hold her to the views that she had from 1992 however i will also point out that her career has included being appointed three times to three different judgeships in three years by Mm. scott walker
1: Oh, mm. yeah, that's that's enough. Hold her feet to the fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, not that, but uh, any beyond that, I could totally disregard that whole article. If you tell me she's been appointed, anybody in cahoots with Scott Walker, you're a villain. That's, that's, <laughs> you have to prove to me that you're not for me to change my view there.
0: I would definitely not. Yeah, I wouldn't vote for her. Absolutely not. Right. Not based on the fact that um he backs her because he's not a good person. No, no, oh. he is. He is oh, a no, villain. He's the worst. <laughs> <He's> worse. <laughs> worse than trump I, uh, uh,
3: he, yeah, well he's a little more preachy than trump so yes
1: <laughs> yeah he's a little more evil and a little less dangerous somehow at the same time
0: yeah i would agree but with that
1: they're cut from the same cloth
0: well i, I think trump is is almost a uh he's kind of unique in the level of narcissism that comes oozing out of his orange pores is Truly amazing. It's,
3: don't like, talk about his small hands. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> <laughs> which I love that everybody's doing now. <laughs> My goodness, he's just—he's
1: such a showman. It's—it's—it's it's, it's impressive. Like no matter what people come at with him at him with, no matter how based and rooted in fact it is. He just can deflect it like it's not even there. And everybody's like, you're right. You didn't do that. Good
3: job, you. And he can do it in the most uneloquent way. (laughs) uh,
1: He just goes, he makes like a fart noise. gives them a thumbs down. And and that totally discredits their argument.
0: (laughs) Who knew? Much much in the way, the same way a 12-year-old would do it.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: I I, Uh. I think since it looks like we are going to be stuck with him until November, we should dedicate some time to – Trump, even though it's not you know, a particularly atheist conversation. Well, he, whew, he did he say, can, yeah.
3: Karen, that he's been mm. audited so many times by the IRS because of his deep religious beliefs.
2: <laughs> so, I, got, I don't even know where that's coming from. I, uh, because the government, the IRS has been known to go after churches. What? Uh, yes.
3: <laughs> when you want that vote, that's what you'll say.
0: Yeah, and true. he
3: said it. Go check, people. It's on YouTube.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. He does know how to control the people that uh, are following him. It's quite amazing.
3: Well, I mean, not that I want to get off on a Trump thing again because, hmm. it's like you said, we'll be talking about it for November. But I did say to somebody just today when we were trying to equate who would be worse, Hillary or Trump, and what they would do. I said, you know, I'm not really <laughs> scared about what Trump's going to do if he gets into office because there's checks and balances. There's things to keep a president from going off the handle. I said, I am more worried about what the American public is going to do if he's yeah. in office. And
0: yeah legitimizes all the homophobic and racist yes, and yes oh.
1: I don't know I feel like the blueprint's already in place for things to get out of hand. All he has to do is publicize you know I'm not not to suggest uh, as as I have in the past any wild conspiracy theories but all he has to do is either publicize or orchestrate any sort of act of terror then he can George W. Bush declare martial law and just go nuts just go mm-hmm. nuts. Those checks and balances go out the window and everybody Mm. thanks him for protecting us from the villains. Meanwhile, he's just, oh my God, Muslim concentration camps
3: and (laughs) Armageddon. I mean, I guess that really gets down to, do you really believe that he believes these things or is he just saying them to get votes?
2: I am curious how much things are going to shift once he has the nomination. Yeah, I guess. uh, I,
3: I didn't actually consider
1: that. Like, Is he actually putting in all this hard work just so he can reduce taxes on himself and
3: become even richer? Well, that and for the rest of his family. He's got – see, see, for him and now, I think it comes – he's old enough that it's like – he's like, now I got to start thinking about my legacy.
2: He's had worse ideas. (laughs) I mean, the whole Trump (laughs) (laughs) stakes. I got all the best toys.
3: Look at all my toys (laughs) on the stage (laughs)
0: here. None of which you were actually involved with. The steaks were from another company. The winery is owned by wholly by his son. I mean, none of the stuff was actually his. It just has his brand on it. Yeah. The magazine and wasn't even a magazine. It was a brochure
3: from one of his yeah, buildings.
2: Right. right. <laughs> he mentioned his magazine and then held up something
0: completely different. Yep. I wonder what his handlers do when he does things like this. I mean, do they go, but, but that's giggle. not. <laughs> they just giggle. <laughs> They're probably
3: like, this is the easiest job because everything he does works. <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> but it's all a lie. It's all a sham.
3: Anyway.
2: <laughs> I think uh, I think that's about all the time we're going to uh, have for this week. So if, uh, if you have any comments, feel free to go to profaneargument.com or profanearguments.com and leave a message on our discuss feature. We will be sure to take a look at it there. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen.
1: I'm Jared. This is Ian.
2: Thanks everybody for listening. Have a good night, and may your God go with you.